0: Like to slip up your hands, say, Lord, I would like to touch you tonight. Let our faith reach out together. Lord, we thank you for these special times together. We walk in an evil world in a dark hour. We think about the people that's all around us in the world, and it seems like there's insanity pressing in. Nowhere to go, nowhere to turn to. Tonight we have you, Lord Jesus. Let off the pressure in your most glorious presence. Know that all of our needs together, individually and collectively, is met in you, Jesus. We want to confess that right now, God. We'll let all the world go, all the things of our own minds just go away. We could focus in on the Word of God and have our lives cleansed and healed and mended. Lord, we're here to get ready for the rapture ready for the change pray that our hearts would be cleaned and set aside and filled oh God may we not be nervous or upset tonight may you bring every spirit under your control for the glory of God heal the sick Lord Jesus touch every heart Lord that needs mended and mature us in your word father may it all come together in the service lord we pray with our sister grace tonight bd for her family the gilmeister family that's lost a father lost a husband lost a grandpa even last wednesday night we were in the service lord but just a few hours he was taken We pray for the traveling family that's coming from New Zealand and many parts and just comfort their lives, Lord Jesus. Remember us tonight, Lord, and feed us by your word in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you tonight. We'll turn to Psalms chapter 48 and Hebrews chapter four together. Psalms chapter 48, I first wanted to show you something. Can I show them that, Brother Joseph? This is a picture Brother Richard Drake sent us this week. That is uh, from the asphalt at an exit gate at a local construction site comes a flower. Determined after the asphalt was poured on it, it broke through, refusing to be buried. I think I'm looking at a bunch of these tonight. Breaking through the asphalt. Amen. 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 I just thought, uh, you say, what is that thing? Well, it's just life coming out. Satan might try to pour a lot of concrete asphalt on your life, but you're coming through this. The power of the sun is going to bring it out. Psalms 48 verse 9. We'll read a psalm together, a few verses. Don't you love the Psalms? We have thought of thy loving kindness, O God, in the midst of thy temple. That's what we're doing tonight. According to thy word, to thy name, O God, so is thy praise unto the ends of the earth. Thy right hand is full of righteousness. Let Mount Zion rejoice. Let the daughters of Judah be glad because of thy judgments. Walk around Zion and go round about her. Tell the towers thereof. Mark ye well her bulwarks. Consider her palaces. That ye may tell it to the generation following. For our God, this God, is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even until death. Is the word of God great? We're commanded by the scripture to walk around Zion. Walk around the word. Speak about it. Talk about it. Talk about the towers. Talk about the bulwarks. And consider, I see some of you already turned into Hebrews 4. Alright, we'll go to Hebrews 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Welcome back everyone from spring break and the Bisco family and Ray family. And all the 50 that went with, with them. It's nice to have you back home. We welcome you in Jesus' name. Isn't it good to know the pastor can go and, and uh, there be no problems in the church? Isn't that wonderful? God can take care of everything. Don't have to call them, text them, email them. Amen. That's a good sign of a good mature church. Amen. And, and, and that means the devil's held back by the grace of God. So welcome home, everyone. Yes. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot Be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Now that verse could be easily misunderstood. Paul's not saying that we have a high priest that cannot be touched. He's saying, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched. He's actually saying we have a high priest that can be touched. Does everyone understand? So... This verse could be easily misunderstood, but tonight we're speaking about a personal God. And this God can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain, obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Praise God. May God give us mercy and grace tonight. God bless you in Jesus' name. You can have your seats. Thank you, Jesus, for being with us on a Wednesday night. Amen. Did anybody think that this week, that you're walking around and with people that have gone insane? They have literally lost their minds. God help us. Amen. We're living in Satan's Eden in a time of perversion. But this is a wonderful time for the believer. Because we serve a very personal God. Tonight I just want to take one word and speak on it, and that's personal. just want to take the one word and use it for our title, for our whole theme tonight, and that is personal. We serve a personal God. Everyone can just relax tonight and let Jesus come by your way. When you think of personal, we think of... Uh, Something that's individual or your own. You say that's personal to me. Or that's particular. To say that that was something personal. Means it's something special. Because it's not for the group. And it's not just for everyone else. It's for you. It's personal. And part of the word personal. There's the word person in it. Person. So we're not talking about. Uh, places or things we're talking about a person right. God is personal Amen. he's personal to you Amen. and we talk about personal it means to be up close or to be uh, near something near a person you say that's in my personal space that means you come into the personals private area or it could be something that is dear to you you say that is very personal to me or close to me. It's talking about a specific person. As we've already said, it's not just general and just to the group. And I want to say that tonight for us as believers, even on a Wednesday, tonight's message is for you personally. There might be hundreds of people here and hundreds that might stream the service, but God's personal. He's a person. And we never want to get this down to a building Or sermons, or sermon codes, or just books, or codes of how to live, or what not to do. God, keep it personal. Personal is the opposite to public. So when we talk about things just being public for the masses, the word came specifically to a people, to your heart, to a private area. So tonight we're thinking of God and His word in our opening scripture when we spoke about in his presence. About his loving kindness. And to talk about this in the temple. To speak about it in Zion as we uh, talk about the towers of, of this great God. And the bulwarks and consider her palaces. So that the generation following would know that our God is God. And I felt it very strongly on my heart tonight. We have children or young people or new ones that come to the Lord. And you might be an old believer. You might be an elder or down the road. You've heard it a lot. But there's some people that are hearing it. It's like it's the first time. Yes. We've got children or young people or someone coming in. And they need to be touched by a personal God. God challenge our hearts to never let this message become dull. And that we've heard it all before. Keep it fresh in our hearts. Keep it personal. I know we all have flesh and we have emotion. And the world is tempting us. Satan is bombarding us. To destroy the sacredness of God being personal. But he wants to be touched tonight. God wants to be touched. And he's not way out in the, in the universe and galaxies like a grandfather just stroking his beard looking over some banister tonight. That's false. That's a false perception. Jesus Christ is in this room right now. Amen. Almighty God is here. Amen. He's personal. Amen. He wants to be touched by you and God made us as humans to have emotion. And that's not bad. God's far beyond emotion. But when God touches the heart of a person, it will move your emotions. It will move your heart. In fact, we want God to touch our hearts. The heart is the seat of our emotions. We have one that has gone before us that lived a whole life so that he could be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. So it's familiar. God wanted to be personal. When we pray tonight to him, he's not just up there somewhere with no feeling for us. God's interested. He cares about you and me. He's caring about our future. There's things about God that are personal. There's things that he holds close. But he sheds them out to people that are close to him. Like his wife. Like his friends. That's how personal our God is. He he doesn't want to be looked upon as like a temple or just a God of wood and stone. He's much deeper than that. There's no man or woman on the face of the earth that deserves to be called a God. There's one God. And they've made sports heroes gods and fashion models gods and singers their gods money their God, there's no one or nothing like our God. He's so great and so mighty that he can come down in simplicity and make himself so small to come into your mind and come into your heart, come into our bodies and live his own life. That's a great God. So I want you to think about this personal God tonight. And maybe we could all pray together. Lord Jesus, be personal to me. And maybe there's someone on your heart that you are burdened about. They just need a touch from a personal God. That's true, friends. You say, what is it going to take for this person? Or what's it going to take for the situation? It's going to be the same personal God that touched you or changed another life or... To come by their way. Do we believe that tonight? We do not want a distant God. We're going to get into some things Brother Branham said about this word of personal. He, all the way from 1947 to 1965 through November to the very end of his ministry, Brother Branham spoke about personal. 1, and 59 times. So that if you just take that over his whole ministry, that's like one every service. Almost 1,200 times he said this word personal. I I believe God was giving us a message. He's a personal God. So we don't want God to be distant. We don't want to get into a form of godliness. Because our God is personal. So if our worship is empty if our love life with the Lord becomes empty, we've lost God somewhere. If our church loses its fire and its passion or its love, or if it's the Holy Ghost among us, we've lost, we've left God somewhere. He's not very far away. He's very near to every single one of us. So we don't want to put him way distant. We always want to bring him close. He's not far away right now. He's very aware of your thoughts right now. In the busyness of April 2019 and all of our thought patterns and all of our things that we go through, God's aware of that. And even our words. Brother Branham said, our thoughts are heard louder in heaven than our words are on earth. So... You might speak or we might sing like we did tonight, but God listens to the heart. Isn't he a great God? I mean, to someone else, you have to raise your voice or get their attention or something. And God knows what you're thinking, good or bad. So we don't want God to become impersonal. Impersonal means where we always have him somewhere else. He wants to get into the situation. I think it hurts God sometimes when we put Him so far away or so distant. Right. When we say, uh, come on into my house, but stay in the, in the front entrance or in the kitchen maybe or maybe in the parlor. We'll, we'll talk about you or uh, we'll sing about you. Or we'll hear some good inspired preaching about you. That's not what we're talking about. Right. We're speaking about a God that wants to know you. Lord, don't become impersonal to us, Lord. We do not want a God that we cannot touch. We want Him to become tangible in our lives. And I know that that's in the heart of every believer. I want to see You. I want You in the situation, Lord. I, I need You in the situation. Last uh, Wednesday night, we spoke about finding Your personal altar. And we were speaking about altars, that they're places of worship. We went from the Old Testament, speaking about how they were like tables and benches and like platforms. They made their altars to kill and to sacrifice. We brought it into the New Testament about how they even brought it into the New Testament with altars and things. But Christ was our sacrifice. And He laid Himself on the altar. So a believer today that surrenders their life to Christ and receives personal Salvation is receiving the life of Jesus into their heart. They become the fruit of Christ's death. And we found out that the only real way is to fall on the altar. Personal altar. Die out to yourself. Let the Lord Jesus consume everything on the altar. Don't you want him to do that tonight? Just consume all the rocks and the sacrifice and the, the water and bring it into our language. Just anything that's not of God or eternal, just take it away, God. Amen. Become personal to me, my family, Amen. our church, God. Get, get personal with us. Amen. We talked about um, Elijah and first Kings and how he made a, a public altar. And he rebuilt the altar and God came down and consumed it. And we all have our public altars and our testimonies and our life of service and our callings. But we were bringing it down to our personal altars, our private life in Christ. I want to emphasize that again as we did in First Kings 19 that God met Elijah privately in the cave in the still small voice. Have you enjoyed the last week in your personal altar? Do you want to go further in that altar? Now, Brother Brownham, when he spoke about this word personal, even in, in 9-11-65 in Phoenix, he said, to you that's out on the broadcast, he was broadcasting it out there, wherever you are, I want you to receive Christ out there as your personal Savior. Amen. I I just think those words are wonderful. For someone to receive Christ as their personal Savior, and they weren't even in the room. It's not like he had to touch them, lay hands on them. They weren't even hearing his audible voice. They weren't there like that. And and we talk about applying the token and someone that might not even be in the room. They might not be under the sound of the message, but your faith can go out there and grab them. It's a personal God and he brings them into fellowship. But in this case, he's talking about those that were out on the broadcast that they would receive Christ out there as your personal savior and be filled with his spirit. I'm speaking on this, uh, on the fundamental part to let you know that God is everywhere. He's not just centralized to just, just uh, your own being or this building or just your house or America or Canada. God's greater than all of that. The little ball of earth that's rolling out in the galaxies, God can just do that in a few seconds. God's very personal, though. He comes down into a heart that is on this earth and says, will you, will you allow me to be your personal savior? I just think that's incredible. We can talk about him healing and delivering and being a helper, but it's different when he's my helper. Amen. When you as a person says, he's my helper. Now, friends, don't let this sermon be out here to you tonight. Grab a hold of it and say, my help cometh from the Lord. It's personal. Just draw it all in. It's good to hear about God's delivering power and what he's doing in lives. But for you or I to say, he is my deliverer. That's personal. Amen. You he, he say, he touched this person. He touched that person. God healed this person of their eye trouble. He touched that person in their tra- time of trouble. My, he's a wonderful. Isn't God such a wonderful healer? And you can hear a testimony. But if, when you're in the time of need and reach out and say, he's my healer. Amen. Or if I could just touch the hem of his garment. It's different then. It's totally different than the crowd and the group and everyone all together and shouting. And that's a great testimony. I need healing. I'm in need, Lord. And you reach out and touch him in his word. He's my personal healer. That's my God. Now, friends, that's when it becomes more than religion and being raised in the message being raised in a church or we believe in a a message that's come or we believe in a prophet is when an individual says, that's my church. I go to that church. I'm fed by the word. This is my church. That was my prophet. When you get that revelation of Malachi 4, and stop thinking of him sending a prophet to a generation or to the earth or to a bunch of people but when you say god sent that to me that's my prophet god sent a message to me that's personal friends then then you can grab a hold of that and take it every day of your life it's not my mommy or my daddy or the counselor or my teacher that's me The word came out of the pages. I heard the voice of God. He set me free. I sing because I'm happy. Not because someone else is happy, but God's put joy in my heart. When you can say, He is my joy. My joy, it comes from God. Isn't that wonderful? He's my Lord. He's my Lord and there is no other. I don't want to get out of this relationship. I'm not looking for another person. That's a person where it's become personal. That's my husband. And whatever he says about the matter is nothing but the truth. Brother Branham goes on to talk about being filled with the spirit and the words that's been said this morning. May they drop into your heart. May there you receive Jesus. And you watch your life and you see what you live afterwards. And take the thinking man's filter here. When you see yourself doing something that's contrary to His Word, move from it right quick. See, because there's a filter that keeps death away from you. That's God's Word. His words are life. And they will keep you from death. How many believe that tonight? We, we are connected to life. We heard voices this week. We went through a lot of things, but we're connected to life right now. I'm connected to my personal savior. I just want to know more about him. What about it? What is in that message then? It becomes personal. I looked throughout the message. 1,159 times Brother Branham spoke about this word personal. And I looked through the times. He talked about personal friends. We have personal friends. We have personal relationships. These are all quotes. You can go into the message. Brother Branham talks about personal relationships. Now, in this modern age, they've tried to make media and people more connected. But really, they're more fragmented and distant than ever before. They are more connected and less social than ever before. So we would have to say, it's not personal. It's not personal. It's digital. It's electronic. But it's not personal. We serve a personal God. That's why if we're not careful, our services and our our time as believers, people can just think it's mundane or boring because they're still living off a digital and and a carnal understanding of the word. Just jump on over to the tree of life. Their branches are still intertwined. Oh my. Brother Branham talked about personal life. He talked about personal temptations. He's talking about how we're all different, but yet we all have personal temptations. We are individuals. I forgot which one of the ministers was speaking along those lines. Maybe Brother Murphy, and he was talking about how we're all different and what might uh, trouble you might not trouble me. What I battle with, you might think is very easy. Those are personal temptations. He talked about a personal message. It's It's like... God rolling up his heart and giving you something personal, he gave you the message. It's like the little dove pigeon that they shot in the time of war. And they realized, I think it was the second world war or first world war when the soldiers were trapped behind the lines. And they realized, we need to get a message out. We're in trouble. We need help. And they tied on a little piece of paper to the little dove and a pigeon and it flew away. They were trained to go back and bring a report. This is where we're at. We're, we need help. And when the enemy realized that that's what was happening, they began to shoot the pigeon and shoot the messenger, but it fell into the camp all bloody and torn, but the message got through. And reinforcements came by. Thank God for a personal message. I think we should be able to say tonight, the message got through. We're not stumbling around wondering this and that. The message got through. We are answering the call of God through Jesus when he said, would there be faith on the earth? We can say, yes, Lord. There's a personal message. There was times when Brother Brandon would use the word personal workers and he used the word personal evangelism. And that's when people would have a need in the service or a need for prayer. It wasn't just all the preacher, but there was personal workers and personal evangelism. He talked about personal interest and personal notes, a little personal note. I want to give you a personal note. Or he'd say something like this on a personal note. So, you know, it's amazing. You can be preaching along, going along, quoting, but you just bring something personal and it's like that brings a person right into the word. He talked about his own personal presence. The presence of God among us. And how it brings a personal experience. A personal Christ. He talked about personal lust. That men and women have strong desires. Personal. So we're not talking just to everyone and generally throwing it out there. But To you personally, here is a word to give you strength for what you're going through. I just love that. There was a time in West Palm Beach, Florida, when Brother Branham was preaching. This is what I love about a prophet. He was so personal. And in the message, he just stopped and said, I just want to talk to you about something of my own. Let's talk, he said. I want to talk to you about my own private life. Just a few minutes. Something come on my mind. That's amazing. What a personal channel. God could have gave us a theologian. Or someone that was eloquent. And could come up and just speak in a few minutes. And walk off. God sent us a man. That could get out of the way. That could talk personal. That sounds like Hebrews 4. When it says we have a high priest. That can be touched with the feeling of our infirmity. It was like God saying, I know what you're going to go through. So I'll send a person that's able to talk to you personally. Let me bring that down to tonight. I think we all could do better with being more personal. With one another. Being more real. Just being honest. Like Brother Brenham said publicly, I want to talk to you about my own private life. Indoors and in a door in Tucson, which is where I'll be next Wednesday night about this time. Brother Brenham in Tucson though in 63 said, he's talking about a person that'll just let them into their house, into the door of their heart and then say, oh, that, that little door of my private life, that's all right. I'll be a member of your church or I'll follow the full gospel businessmen. But you don't go telling me I have to receive the Holy Ghost and carry on like that. That's my private life. He's talking about people that'll go so far with you, but say, don't go into my private life. What they're saying is, don't get personal with me. Preach up here, stay up here, but don't get private. Don't get personal. And God was saying, that's exactly where I wanted to go with this. That's exactly what I wanted is your personal life. So you know what happened? The dove of God just kept flying. He went right above Pentecost, right above all the churchianity. They said, oh, I'll be part of your church. I'll be part of your club. And God just kept flying. He was looking for a humble heart. They would say, Jesus, my life is a mess. And I need you. Would you be personal to me? I know for many years the message was was fishing and drawing those that were in the world or in denominations. But now, as the years have gone by, we're ministering to our own children and those that have been raised in the message. We still need a personal Savior. It still must be Personal. And God help us not to become so cold and that our love life with the Lord becomes so non-transparent that it just becomes icy and just becomes a form. And it's like we, we just, that's just the way it is when really he's so bursting to pour into our lives the virtues that we lack or where we lost them. And you remember this. The lady in the scripture that was quickly cleaning her house for the coin. The virtue that had fallen out. My husband's gone. My husband's gone. And I've lost a virtue. It got personal. She was desperate. It's like my husband is coming back. And I want to make sure all my virtues are together. And Brother Branham's talking about this. How... You just stay out of my private life. Stay out of my personal life. He's talking about the attitude of people. And he said, see, you'll never get the lordship of Jesus doing that. He'll just turn right around and walk out the door. He said, what would you do in a case like that? If somebody, if you went to a home and they said, stand here at the door and state your business. Well, you'd say, thank you, and turn out the door. He said, so would Jesus. That's the reason that the church is left sitting cold just the way it is. Don't let the full gospel businessmen ever get in that stage. Now he's preaching to full gospel businessmen, but can we bring it down to Cloverdale Bible Way and to our homes? God, don't let us get into a stage where we can just be setting cold and be away from God and be leaving him out there and not even know it. Or not even have a burden or a feeling. We just get caught up in life and school and work and living, Brother John. We gotta live and we gotta schedule. But where are the hearts that'll say, Lord Jesus, come in? And then you can just come in every room of this house. What about their private life? Because he's a gentleman. Oh, and you say, well, I'm not ready for that. He's not going to come barging through and breaking the door down. He'll come into the kitchen. He'll fellowship around the house and eat the food and share in the services. You let him into the parlor, into the living room, which we're going to talk about in a moment. And you can sit there and talk to him a little bit. How you doing and how's your life? But if you just say goodbye and he leaves, it's not really the fullness. The third room is calling to you. That's the secret place. That's the private personal room. Maybe the Lord is wanting to break down some of those things that would keep us from... We come into the kitchen, which is the church. We come into the parlor, which is a little deeper. But the door into the bedroom or the private life, the personal room becomes such an area. People don't want to go there. They don't want you to talk about those things. I, I was listening this morning very, very early when I woke up this message Brother Branham preached the seven seals and he preached the world is falling apart. And the Sunday morning, then Sunday night, he preached God hiding himself in simplicity. And I was listening to that this morning and Brother Branham said, The only thing, you just opened a little bit and say, come on inside and stand here, but don't go around. Don't fool with my private life. He's talking about our attitude or a person's attitude toward the Lord Jesus. You can come in my house, come into my heart. I need you, Jesus, but don't come into my private life. Brother Branham said, I, I want you, someone to take this dear because it was so dear to my heart. I went into my study quickly and began to write this down. Brother Branham said, He wants you. He wants all you are. He wants every compartment in your heart. He wants your private life. He wants all of your life. Oh God, for the days that when God revealed himself and it was all joyful and wonderful and you just received it. And if we're not careful, it can become cold and indifferent and starchy. Then we're not fulfilling our opening scripture where we are to convey to the generations to follow how great is our God. How great is His bulwarks. How great is His loving kindness. Again, I'm, I'm coming off of last Wednesday night, our personal altars. We have a responsibility now to the new generation to give them that kind of a freshness that they can have a chance That serving the Lord Jesus is wonderful. He's the joy of our family. We're not here just to pay tithes and offerings and come to church is not a duty to us. If that's the way it is to you, you need God to become more personal. It's just, it's not deep and mysterious. It's just more of Jesus. I wonder tonight if we heard that from the messenger saying, God wants you. Can we receive that? When he said he wants all of you. He wants every compartment in your heart. He wants your private life. And so many, they're just so carnal because Laodicea is so feminist and out there and and the woman has a say and and I'm equal and I'm above and I'll say what I want. That's why he just leaves. You know, they want to be on on the shows and have their evangelism and they want to have their TV and they want to have their churches and their loud music. And their 30 minute sermon and they want to go out and live their own life. They don't want him in their private life. But I'll say this tonight. There was a little bride down on the earth that said, Lord, we need you in our private life. Brother Branham said he wants to be your Lord and Lord is ownership. He wants to own you. Now everybody ought to understand that word, own you. Say, I own that. I got that. That means you're in total control. I got that. Well, the Lord Jesus has got you. But I wonder how many of us we say, well, he's got me and I got him, but it's just kind of word only. It's not personal. It's a little saying. It's a little sign on the wall. Or a little code. I say, God, tear all that down, God. Don't let us live just a tradition. He wants to own you so he can guide you and direct you and take you and use you. He said, are you willing to do that? Tonight, are you willing to let him own you? He's wanting to come in or you wouldn't be standing here, he said. So now is the hour for you to receive it. I just want to stop right here and say, thank you, Jesus, for being a personal God. He came to me. He'll come and talk to you when you're miserable, when you're out of sorts. You know, sometimes I think God is talking to us and we're missing it. We're too tired or we're we're already thinking ahead or we're thinking of something else. When God is trying to be personal to us, when he's tried so many things to show himself to us. I was thinking yesterday, I had to pull over, leaving the office and going through White Rock. I just had to pause and I wrote a whole page of notes here, these next comments as I was thinking about personal And how the whole world is obsessed with their personal identity. Is it true? Their personal information. Their sin number. Their social insurance number. Or their social security number. Their their name. Their address. Their banking information. Their date of birth. Because it points back to a person. It points to their birth. You get a person's passport. You know when they were born. You know how old they are. But everyone's trying to protect their identity. Because it's personal. You say, that's mine. And they find out someone has frauded them and taken their personal identity. They'll just cut loose. How could they do that to me? I wonder about our spiritual identity. And our personal connection with God. We ought to hold on to that just as ardent. When we see Satan trying to come in and destroy or steal our personal connection. We ought to get upset about that. How could they do that? The world is obsessed with passwords. And passcodes. And their user IDs or their identification. To get into their personal stuff. And even fingerprints is personal. Their DNA is personal. They can track through your DNA, through your blood. It's amazing what they can find on just a little pinpoint. They can track it all back to who exactly done this. That's personal. They have even facial recognition that is so accurate by your face, face to face, by your features. They'll know that that's you. It'll unlock a device. It'll open a door. The the world is being caught more and more into this because it's personal. They want it to be personalized. Can you personalize this for me? But what about spiritual things? God is trying to make it more personal and more real. And Satan is in an all-out onslaught to make it become formal cold and impersonal is that true because all these things that we spoke about it all reflects the person person all it reflects who they are isn't it interesting that god would send a major prophet in our generation that would labor for years in a first pool In a second pull. And in a third pull that was so personable. I I thought about this as I was. Just for a few minutes as I was writing this down. How many times. Brother Brown would take someone by the hand. And know the secrets of their heart. That's personal. How many times under discernment. He would say their name. Their address. You've heard it before. And you're from this. And this is what happened. It was God saying. I know you personally not there's 10 people over here and one of you had a backache and you're really burdened about a family member I could take 10 of those people back there and you probably nailed all of them or this section in the balcony there's someone up there that has cried today and has, your heart is broken with something that's out of your control we're welcome to being a believer We can over-spiritualize some things and we can under-spiritualize others. Our God is personal. And a prophet would say, this is your name, this is your address, this is what you're going through. Is our God great? I mean, first pull, second pull. But the opening of the word, which is Christ, was when he revealed himself. He became more personal, more real. So the word shouldn't be boring or something we just kind of go through. It should be more real. The word should reach a level in our hearts. It should do something for us. It it should shake our world. I tell you, friends, right last Wednesday night, when we were speaking about uh, the World Trade Centers and 911, 9-11, 9/11, 2001, and we were talking about the voices, the audio voices that were coming out from the inside of the tower as thousands of people were just at the very end of their life. and the world was watching from the outside two towers on fire. But being caught in that great magnet of time was 911 calls and messages going to homes. Of men and women saying, I'm too young to die and get them up here. And they were crying out for help. Voices from the inside that have been stamped and recorded. They were in their last minutes of their lives not knowing what was happening. Not knowing that just in a few hours that a man in our own area was taken suddenly. Suddenly. It just bring, it ought to bring it home that it's not something to play with. We, we can be talking to a spouse or talking to a loved one or our children or someone in the church and literally within minutes they're gone. That's right. That's Is that true? We, we could be shaking hands with someone tonight and we might not see them Sunday. It brings more of a personal Something to our hearts that life is fragile. We serve a personal God. This message came to show us that God is interested. He'll take you by the hand. He'll give you personal contact. But he'll speak your name out in the crowd and tell you what you're going through, where you live, and rise and be healed in the name of Jesus. My, I was listening to a message, Victory Day, today. And, and it could have been one of those other messages. I think it was. And at the end of the service, Brother Brunham, the Holy Spirit was just coming through the building. Coming through the building. And you could see people, some were just responding and responding. And finally, Brother Brunham said, did you notice there the Holy Spirit came through the building? Oh, you lady there in the red checkered dress. When you raised your hand and began to cry out to God, the Holy Spirit had passed by your way. Now that is a personal God. Yeah. To come in a service where there's hundreds. And come to a sister. that was re- She responded to the word. And then to have a prophet pick that up and say. That was the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I wonder tonight if the healing angel. Was dispatched to this address tonight. And it's willing to fly through this building. And touch somebody that has a need. Maybe it's a personal need. Maybe it's something you can't speak about. But God knows all about it. He knows the fine print and the little details. Can't you just pray and say, God, be my healer. I want to touch the hem of your garment. I was communicating with a minister today. And he let me know privately, personally, that his heart was broken. It, it connects with all of us. It, 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 We're under the pressure of this age, all of us. And you can be under the anointing and be in meetings. You can bring people to Christ. You can be like Jonah and a whole city repent under your ministry. And then come into a place under a juniper tree. You can be that way. I can be that way. We need one another. To be personal with one another. You say well. I'm not the type of person to open up. Or this person doesn't really talk very much. Or they don't say much about their private life. I'm thankful for a personal message. I'm glad for Psalms 48 that said. We have thought of thy loving kindness O God. In the midst of thy temple. Walk about Zion and go round about her. And tell the towers thereof. Mark ye well her bulwarks and consider her palaces that ye may tell it to the generation following. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even until death. You know, that's wonderful for you that have received it. But I would pray that for others that have lost their guide, that are in a fog. I think we need to pray that for one another. He's touched with a feeling of our infirmity. Then as close as we should be to God, we should be touched with one another's infirmity. Amen. We could talk all about it. I could put it on the screen. Jacob saw him face to face. In a place called Peniel, which means facing God. It's the place where Jacob wrestled with God I saw it was on the overhead from the family altar right before the service I saw it in the back room Brother Branham said he was a man a big man Jacob was but when he met the angel and he wrestled with the angel and that angel touched the hollow of his thigh in a place that means facing God That's where he wrestled it out with God. He walked different from that night on. God, would you bring that night to us? Bring that situation to us. We could speak about Moses. As Moses saw him face to face in Exodus 33, as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man departed not out of the temple. We could talk about Gideon in Judges 6, how he perceived that he was an angel of the Lord. Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord. And Gideon said, alas, not preacher, not prophet. For because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face. God make it more personal to us. John in Second in, in John 1, 12 said, Having many things to write unto you, I would not write with paper and ink. But I trust to come unto you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. I could write to you in paper and ink. But there's something about personally me seeing you face to face and you seeing us. This great elder that had become the youngest one now, now he's older in the faith saying, Oh, I can write it with paper and ink, but I trust to come unto you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. Now, many believers have joy. They've had an experience with God. But tonight I'm speaking about that our joy would be full. How many would like that? Just... A cup where it's overflowing. In the middle of the trial, you're able to say, praise God. The Lord gives. And the Lord has chosen to take away. But I want to say something tonight. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Can we say that again? And we said that a year ago. We said that two years ago. But if we have another loss, I'm going to say the same. Because my God is good. And he will do nothing but what is for my good. My God has given to us. And I say thank you Jesus. And my God has taken away from us. And then there's kind of a pause. What are you going to say? What's going to happen to them? They're in the middle of the battle. Something personal happened. The Lord gave. And I was thankful. But now the Lord has taken away. I want to give a testimony. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. That puts flesh on the Bible. It takes it out of paper and ink and a scripture. Or Brother Branham said, it puts it down into you and to me. Is the message getting through tonight? God help it to be more personal. And if I've missed it, God forgive me. And if you've missed it, God forgive you. And if we've missed it, God forgive us. And in that atmosphere, in that environment, the Holy Spirit can begin to move. In fact, John said this later in 3 John 1. But I trust I shall shortly see thee, and ye shall we shall speak face to face. Peace be to thee. Our friends salute thee. Greet the friends by name. I heard a senior pastor today speaking a few words, and I thought, you know what? I didn't say it to anyone, but I said it's like he was saying goodbye. He was saying goodbye publicly. I listened to him comment about when I'm gone, when I'm gone, and what will happen to the church. He's saying goodbye. He's publicly saying goodbye. And I thought, Lord Jesus, you've already prepared the future. It's not a surprise, abrupt thing to God. He knows everything. But John was so personal. He said, our friends salute thee, greet the friends. By name. I want to speak about this before we close a little bit about this three-room house. Can I speak about it? I almost spoke a whole tonight's service on this. I'll just take the next few minutes on it. About moving into the inner room. If you've just been living on the outer room, it's time to move to the inner room. Or live your life. From the inner room. You that have gone through these steps in your spiritual walk. Of justification. Sanctification. And the Holy Ghost is in your life. Live your life. From the inner place. I begin to think about this as Brother Branham talked about the kitchen. It's a public place. It's where the church is. Then he talked about the living room. He called it the parlor and that's a public place. It's another step of relationship that you go after the kitchen and maybe you go in and fellowship a little bit more. You share with your family or with some believers or with your spouse or to a special person. It's still a public place. But the third room is not a public place. So after last Wednesday night speaking on the, the private altar and coming to that place. I felt on my heart to say, those that are outside need to move into that inner room. Right. But come on in. Amen. The water's fine. Amen. But to you that are there, you that are living from that soul realm, that word realm, that's where the life comes from. We need to live from that place. Right. Yeah. Live your life. Let's just read it in the basis of fellowship. Brother Branham's speaking. Now you live in a house of a kitchen, a living room, and a bedroom. What is it the first thing when you talk to your little wife? That's the kitchen part, fellowshipping. Like the man who comes into the church, he sits back. He just has a little fellowship with one another when he comes in to listen to the word. Faith cometh by hearing. Then the next thing in the other room is the engagement room. Well, a lot of people think as long as they get into the kitchen, that's all they have to do. No, you're just feeding them. See, you're just getting fed. Then the next room is the engagement room in the parlor. But now wait, this is a prophet saying, just wait, that's as far as some people go. But remember, into the next room is where not only fellowship But relationship comes. And that's, he said, what's the matter with the church today. They got a shame face. They don't want to talk about it. It's like the private life again. It's like, those are personal spaces. Those are places that no one goes. No, that's where the Holy Spirit wants to go with you. But it's not the crowd. Help us close tonight. We're speaking about something so personal and private that it's only you and God alone. It's not you and your iPhone, your Android, or you and your friend. Say, come on, best friend. I really need you. No, that's where Jesus stands at the door and says, I'll take you alone and I'll take them alone. But I can't have just, it's not a group thing. It's not you looking at your friend and seeing how they're taking it, or how they taking this, or how are they going to respond. No, it's got to be personal, where the word is down to you, and you can drink it in. You can drink it in, and you know what, friends? You can say yes. You can say yes to the Lord Jesus, and you can say no. You can harden your heart. You can get indifferent. You can live cold and icy and have no response to the Lord Jesus. I was thinking about this. As Brother Branham said, people got a shame face. They don't want that relationship with God. They'd rather have some stole, cold, formal, starchy organization say, I'm Presbyterian, I'm Methodist, I'm Baptist, I'm Pentecostal. And God help us not to fall under that and say, I'm this, I'm that. We're Holy Ghost filled believers. Say, well, what about you and that group up there? No, I'm a Holy Ghost filled daughter. I'm a Holy Ghost filled son of God. I believe the Bible. God sent a prophet to me and I'm going in the rapture. By the grace of God, heaven is going to be my home. Amen. 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 But tonight, even as this came to us since last Wednesday, just because we live from the third room or our soul, which we should, does not do away with the other two rooms. Say, I live so close to Jesus I don't need the church, or I don't need the other people, or I don't need fellowship in the parlor. I don't need to give my testimony. You're going to find your life drying up. Because if we serve a personal God, we ought to be personal. Say, I'm going to live and go up and be by myself and my family, and we're going to live away from all of this. But what if God's called you to be in the middle of it and be a light? be a testimony and go to a church and go to a fellowship. Say, praise God, brother. We love the soul realm. We love the meat of the word. But we still have a body and a spirit and and from the inner realm comes a life. Our private life on the inside will become public. And this is where we really want to end the service with a challenge. God... May what's on the inside come out on the outside. Say, but I'm embarrassed or I'm ashamed of what's on the inside. That's why I'm not really taking this step. That's when we need to ask the Lord to come on the inside. Take away those things that make us ashamed. Those things embarrass me. Or the reason, brother John, that I say just come into the front or come in is because I don't want him in these private rooms. But tonight is an invitation as we even leave from here to say, God, you are so personal. You want to come into the inner place and flow out to my outer places. I'll say this tonight. A person that really knows Jesus Christ privately will manifest that life publicly. I believe that. You say, I'm a secret believer. I have a really good walk with the Lord. But it's not public. Shame on you. It's time for it to become public. The token should be on display. It wasn't to be on the inside of the door. It's to be on the outside of the door. It becomes so strong to Brother Branham that in all four token messages, he says, we've not come together to talk about the message. We've come together to apply the token. In other words, get in there. Get personal. Dip the faith down in the blood and apply it literally. Say, this is what it means for me. This is what it means for us. This is what it means for my situation. Let it get personal. Oh, you say, we don't go there. We don't go there. Let let a preacher say it. Let someone else say it. No, you apply the blood. Because a person that says that their outward life doesn't really matter... It's all on the inward, brother. It's all on the inside. God sees the heart, but they have no public expression is missing something. Because God on the inside will reflect it on the outside. And I know I'm really hitting at the heart of every believer. It's God, make me real on the inside. I don't want to be a fake. I don't want to have to put on a show. I want it to be real. I want it to be personal. I want your word to mean life to me. I don't want it to just be black and white on paper, Jesus. Get personal, God. Because our outward life is reflecting our inner life. A person that's been with Jesus, you're going to know it. A person that's really walked behind that veil, especially someone else that's spiritual, can sense that something's different. And I pray God help us to become more positive as we near Him. That we not become negative, friends. I don't mean to linger, but just a moment or two, because what if you are being influenced in the negative by movies and excessive sports and wrong music and wrong influences that will eventually manifest. You say, I'm a Christian. I'm in the church. I, I do things for the church. I have a position in the church or I, I'm a message believer. But if privately there are wrong things going on in your personal life, eventually that will become public. And that's when a real believer says, God, I need this under the blood. I need you, Lord, to take care of this personal thing. And you might not open up to someone else. You might not want to make it public. But go all the way into that place with God where you can lay it all down and say, Jesus, take my life. Oh, I know this is so juvenile, but it would be so wonderful if someone that was not saved said, Lord, I want you to be my personal savior. Wouldn't that delight you? If God was able to bring someone by your way that didn't have the Holy Ghost and you talked to them and by the end of the conversation, they said, whatever you got, I want that. I want to live so close to Jesus. The people around me want what I got. They might not agree with me, but there's something about a believer that ought to be exuding out of nature. And I pray, Lord Jesus, if there's any wrong influences in our life, that you would start putting your finger on those things. You say it's, pub- it's not public. It's a private matter, Brother John. That is a private thing. But the Lord Jesus wants your private life. He's personal God. He's touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Not our strengths. Not the great things we do for God. He's touched... By our infirmities. As we bow our heads tonight and come to the end of the service. Brother Branham in Victory Day, he said, I've been privileged to speak to crowded areas where there'd be thousands times thousands of people would gather. But he said, the memorials of my ministry is times like this. When there's maybe a dozen or two sitting together. Seemingly, he said that God deals closer to people. He said, I think we feel more acquainted as we assemble in a small gathering. He's just talking to less than two dozen people in victory day right after the seals. April 1963 and said, I have spoken to thousands times thousands. But when I come into a little place like this, seemingly God deals closer, closer to people. I think he said we feel more acquainted as we assemble in a small gathering. It seems like God's word is more imminent to us. When he said two or three are gathered in my name, There I am in their midst. Oh, Jesus. Don't let us get lost in the crowd. Don't ever let us think, Lord, that because there's numbers around us or a family that serves God that we can somehow fly under the radar. When this personal God said in just a little small group of people, I think we feel more acquainted in a small gathering. He said, last night near midnight I was assembled with in a home where there was a man and his wife and a young girl was losing her mind over a little affair that had taken place. And we were assembled together just the young lady and I in a room because the things that had to be said was I'd rather that we'd be together. And there come this light this angel of the lord and assembled right over where we were at showing that god keeps his promise i believe that tonight that the angel of the lord is present with his word and he keeps his promise he said just last night about midnight with a young girl and he says more about it later you can hear that there was a relationship going on and a young man took advantage of her and there was a certain affair that went on but the angel of the Lord came and assembled himself I say what a presence What's something personal that will come into a situation and say I'm here I've got everything under control Is there anything you'd like to ask of me? Just say anything in my name and I'll give it to you. And maybe in your heart you're just quivering. You're just maybe embarrassed. Maybe you even feel ashamed. You're like, me? You're talking to me? Me, Lord? And the Holy Spirit, so faithful... Just say, yes, I'm personal. I'm a person. I've come to talk to you. I've come to deliver to you a message. I've come in the front door. I've come into the living room. We've talked about it with others that are around, and they can see too this. It's a special thing. But what about you? What about your life? What about these other doors? Can I come in there? Can I come into your private life? Will you let me come in? I want to come in. I want to come in there, but I won't unless you say yes. I think the atmosphere is just right right now for someone just to say yes just to say Lord I'm opening the door I'm swinging it open this room is kind of musty excuse me Lord it's a little smelly there hasn't been a lot of your presence here very much lately but would you come in when you open up those shutters a little bit? Can a little bit more sun come in? There's a little light that can shine in. On... Oh, Jesus. Is that really you? Are you really talking to me like this? Or is it for the crowd? Was it for the church? No, that's for the kitchen. Or is it just for someone closer like the family or... Some friends in the parlor. No, no. This is for you. I'm talking to you. It's face to face. Can we go a little further? Can we go in together? And that's where we're at right now. I encourage every believer here, every heart, every person to say, yes, Lord Jesus, come in today. Come in to stay into my heart, Lord Jesus. Into my heart. Come in and be personal to me. From the youngest to the oldest. Right there where you're at. If you're on the outside and you're looking in and you hear the voice... Then come. That's your cue to come. If you've been on the inside and you're looking out and you're in the third room already and you're looking through the lattice, but there's others that God wants to send in through those steps. can you open up your heart for the environment, for the atmosphere? Come on in. Let's have fellowship. Let's speak about how great our God was to deliver this man from smoking. That sister used to drink. That man used to run around. The things, the jokes, and what came out of that person's mouth was so vile. Now you just see the good. But what you've been hearing and what you've been seeing lately... God wants to bring for others that are in your life. Why don't you just begin to speak it right there where you're at and say, Lord Jesus, that's personal, but I give it to you. That's a personal thing. That's private. Into my For that, to put in their name and try to get a personal. You say, I want it to be personal. I just want it to be me and the prophet. I want my needs, my burdens, my situation. Brother Branham talked about that and how he'd have interviews and personal interviews and things, and they would wait for even a year to have a personal interview and just wait and wait and wait. And he said, somebody would just, they want to see you just a minute. On something or something like that they just wanted to see you Job said oh if I could just go to his house and knew I could knock on the door and talk to him just have some personal time and people love to just get a personal interview just can I just have a minute can I have five minutes with you if I could have just 30 minutes and talk to you about what I was going through It was a personal interview. Brother Branham, in one service, said, "Who would like to have a personal interview?" Many in the whole church. He said, "My, who doesn't?" He said, "It's kind of going to be hard to get to them. So write out your quest and send them in with Billy, and see if I can get to them. He'll announce it." He's talking about, "You want a private interview?" I wonder if that's why the Lord allowed his prophet to go. It was really God that wanted to have a personal encounter with people that would say, Lord, I want some personal time with you to be able to lay it all out and lay all the detail and you would look at me face to face and I would be hanging on every word and know that whatever you say, is that true? Friends, I believe the opening of the word, the third pull, was the opening of God's heart. That is the bride's opportunity to have personal connection. I believe it should be personal. I believe ministers that preach the third pull should bring that presence to the people so that they can go into His presence and receive whatever they have need of, not our presence. Not great preachers and drive to this place and go there, but if I can just get in contact with Jesus, if I can just meet him personally and talk with him. How many believe that tonight? So many were disappointed when they couldn't have their interview. They were so disappointed when that channel was taken from the earth. I believe in God's heart, it was a promotion. It was like God saying, no, you've had him for these years. You know my nature enough. I'm a personal God. I'm going to bring him to his reward. Now it's time for you to come into my presence and get personal with me. Not you and the preacher, you and the counselor, you and the parent, you and the this. It's you and God alone. Can we receive the word tonight? one word personal let it be that way tonight Lord Jesus if we can take that one word with us and go you mean so much to us the scripture has said to walk around the bulwarks and speak about these things talk about his kindness talk about his love talk about his mercy speak about his grace Speak about his thoughts toward the people. And then let me deal with their personal lives. Let the Holy Spirit take the private issues. I believe we're in good hands tonight, Lord. And I commit this congregation, our lovely brothers and sisters into your hands. May we be left with one thing. And that is Jesus. When it's all been said and done We have you Let it get more personal Jesus Even on a Wednesday night As we go back to school And go back to our work And go back to our homes I pray God Don't let us just be hearing sermons And now another service is gone And another week is going by and the calendar keeps turning and someone else's birthday was today don't let it just be where the days and the seasons go by and we lose that feeling but bring it back again Lord Jesus and restore unto us anything that we've lost any of our church any of our families, any of these saints of God and believers if they've lost anything Lord Let us be willing to eat the dirt or eat the dust of their house cleaning. God forgive us if we've embarrassed one another and ashamed someone else that was looking for their coin or looking for their virtue or looking for their right mind or trying to find themselves or looking for a personal encounter and somehow in our busyness and in our neglect... We wasn't the way we should have been to them. Don't let us be too busy like the priest and like the Levite. Make us more like the good Samaritan that would find time to kneel down and pour in some oil and wine to somebody. Oh, Jesus, let us be like that little flower that bursted through that asphalt. That you would give somebody strength tonight to break through all of that unbelief and reach out through the clouds and say, that is my promise. I receive it in the name of Jesus. I feel stronger in the Lord Jesus. We feel stronger in the Lord. We've been fed the word of God tonight. We can go back and face the day or face the night. In Jesus name we press on. Lord bless the congregation. be with your people around this globe as we're together go with us now Lord as we shake hands personally and make contact with someone else and then as we sit down and some travel and some walk out of your presence into their cars and homes into your presence wherever they take you Lord Jesus may you be very close tonight I'm asking for your ever abiding presence to be with every believer surprise us oh God be the unseen strong guest at every meal, at every place. Be our friend, oh God, that sticketh closer than a brother. Meet us face to face in our time of need, we pray, Father. Go with us now. Be personal. In Jesus' name, we thank you, God. Bless your word. Thank you, Lord. Amen. God bless you, friends. Let's get personal and shake someone's hands. And then you're dismissed in the name of the Lord. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Have a victorious, victorious week.